This weekend, as we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany as church, we gather together to consider this story that comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, certainly one of the most familiar ones, about magi, or wise people, or in one interpretation, kings, who follow a star. We know from some interpretations that whatever name we give to these people who came to search for the Messiah were people of science. They were people who had a certain sense of how things worked. And yet they were also open to something more. They were open to following a star, having a vision, looking beyond the obvious and trying to find meaning in the circumstances that were often familiar to them. And so we hear about these people coming in search of the person who's supposed to set things right. In many religious traditions around the world throughout the centuries, there have always been stories about the one who was to come, who was to set everything right again, to put everything that's in the shadows in the light, to put everything in darkness into a focus and a vision that will enable people to see more clearly how life ought to be, as well as to see more clearly how each of us might live our lives in order to make that vision come that much sooner. So whatever we call these people who came from the East in this story about Matthew's Gospel, we also need to realize that it was pretty well a standard idea that whenever anyone was, whenever anyone was born who was to be important or have a special place, whether that might be a king or a prophet or anyone else, Oftentimes, that person's birth was described with the appearance of a star, that somehow or another, the universe celebrated the coming of the new person who was to become that much more a leader of light and strength and goodness. And so, Matthew's gospel fits in with this idea that they were following someone that they dreamed would lead them more clearly into a vision of light and into a time of goodness. And they come, as the story says, and find this small child who is a promise to them in their wondering eyes, a promise to them that more of life is going to be good and just and holy. And it says, they give to this child their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They offer what they have with the understanding that they will be given a gift as well, a gift of clarity, a gift of vision, a gift of light. So as you and I come here this week to listen to these words, to remind ourselves of this feast, to see how it's a fulfillment of the whole narrative that we've been hearing lately about God choosing to become human, you and I are also challenged, like the Magi, to recognize in Christ a promise for our own lives in the way that you and I try to see the light in the world more clearly, 
And goodness knows we need light in this world right now. There seems to be little, if any, real peace in our lives. Certainly we know of warring nations, but often even in our own lives, we seem at war with ourselves, trying to look at what's really going on and see somehow or another the presence of Christ. Well, just as it's important to remember that this story about the Magi coming to see the light of Christ wasn't the end of the story, but only the beginning. Remember, it says they had to travel back from where they come. And we don't know what they did once they got there. But I'd like personally to presume that they were somehow changed by that experience of meeting the Christ and went back to their places a little more in light with a little more of a challenge in their hearts to do what needed to be done in the time they were given life to bring that much more meaning into the world. And we hear in the example of our second reading, St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, reminding the early Christian communities that Jesus did not come just for the Israelite community of which he was a part or the Christian community which he was founding, but that he came for all people for all generations of all religious traditions, that the light of Christ extends to every people, every nation, every person. And therein, I think, lies the secret of this particular feast we're celebrating. To be opened through our eye, to be opened and to have our eyes opened through the power of Christ, to see that everyone is called to a life of goodness and grace and healing. Everyone is our sister and brother in faith, though we may not have the same expressions of that faith. We are nevertheless sisters and brothers of the one God called to be light to the world, called like the Magi were to go back from this church today to wherever we come from and to be that much more of a light to the people we spend time with if it's our individual families, if it's our neighborhood, if it's our country, we are to be light to each other, to say that even in the darkness and the shadows of some of the things that are going on in our world, we believe that there is hope. We believe that there is love. We believe that there is a dream that we can follow or a star that we can follow that will allow us to make a difference in our world that will allow us to see that, in fact, we are called, as the Magi were, to be light to the world and to celebrate that life in whatever way we can. I think we so often wish that God would have settled everything once and for all and made it easier for us. Well, the truth of the matter is God has shared life with us because life is good and God trusts us enough and has given us responsibility for building a better world than we experience right now as we await the return in Jesus in glory. And that's not bad news, that's good news. Even though the struggle that the Magi had to face was that they couldn't go back to Herod because they figured out that he was going to be doing something that they wanted to be no part of at all, they had to go back to where they came from 
hopefully transformed just enough to make a difference. So what do you and I need today from the God who has authored our lives, from Jesus who offers us his life through Eucharist, and from the Spirit who enables us to be church and to make a difference in the very real world in which we live? Well, we have to go back convinced that something wonderful has happened to us through our sharing in the life of Jesus, nourished by his body and blood, and something that only you and I can each do in our lives, but we are empowered to do it because of God's life in our midst. We're not afraid of the task. We are strengthened by the call. We're not afraid of the journey. We recognize light and to see a way through the darkness into that world in which we have been placed for the time we have been given as a sign of God's grace and light. So it's a day when we celebrate not only something that happened in the past, but it's a day we celebrate our own call and the future responsibilities you and I have to be light in the darkness, to be hope in the midst of despair, to trust that God is working through you and through me to tell a story of faith, every bit as true as that story that Matthew told. Jesus is alive. Christ is alive for all people, for each of us, and for everyone we love.